to FinTech's DEI Discussions podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire financial technology industry. This is a special episode for FinTech Connect with their headliners for December the 6th and 7th, 2023. Today, we are joined by Mark Hibberson, founder and executive chair of Ziglu. He is here today to tell us how he walks the talk for inclusion across the sector and what more he wants done. Mark, it's great to have you with us. Great to be here, Nadia. Yeah, thank you. Tell us about Ziglu. So, quite a big build-up, really. So, I hope I can deliver on what I've been built up to. So, what Ziglu does is it's a personal investment platform that enables you to be able to buy cryptocurrency as our first asset class, but we're moving into different asset classes as well, so stocks and shares and ETFs and things like that, built on a core banking platform as well. So, it allows you to be able to do currency, allows you to do payments and to do general banking as well as offering you cryptocurrency but as I said we're about to move into different asset classes as well. Cool. We launched in 2020, yeah. we were the first company to be regulated in the UK to do both crypto and e-money and then we were regulated across the whole of Europe via Denmark to do the same things and now as of I think over the last couple of weeks or so because the financial markets regime has come into effect most recently there's not many people who've got the ability to take on new customers in the UK for both crypto and e-money and we're uh, one of about two that is able to do that currently. Wow, so exciting mm. times for mm. you then. Indeed. The first to do things, now in the best position. This is sounding super positive. This is another business that you have founded. Like You've got a really exciting career journey. Could you give us a couple of snapshots? Okay, I'll go, I'll go back because it's quite relevant to some of the things I think we're going to cover later in the conversation actually. So, so my background is in, is in what I call big banking, uh, old school banking. So after doing computer science at uni, I then went into Barclays Bank where I finished up the head of technology for the Barclays Group and deputy CTO for Barclays UK. I then left to found and sell my first technology business, which was an internet banking business in 2003. Then I ran a consultancy business for a few years. And then I founded, along with the management team, a founding team, Starling Bank back in 2015. When we got our banking license, I left to set up Ziglu, which is building on all the great things we did at Starling Bank, but also adding in different asset classes and crypto uh, as well. Mm. And it really does lead me to the next question, because in everything that I've learned about you so far, you're super passionate about fairness. And this is espoused in, in lots of different things I've seen, but particularly in your commitment to financial inclusion. So I'd love for you to share that with our audience. Yeah. So, so when I worked at Barclays, which I'm really grateful for that sort of career grounding in, in big banking because you do learn a lot in a big company and you do learn about processes and you do learn how they treat customers, good and bad. And therefore, when there was an opportunity, when the laws changed in, in 20, 2014, the EBA empowered local regulators in our case, the FCA and a PRA, PRA is part of the Bank of England, the Prudential Regulatory Authority, to try to introduce more competition into, into the banking sector. We took the opportunity to found Starling Bank with a view to try to ensure that we provided a product to that younger demographic, the sort of 18 to 45 demographic, that had been arguably underserved by the main mainstream mm. banks. So what's called the CMA9, the main competition and market authority nine banks and sort of 13 brands hadn't really evolved in terms of their offering to, to, to customers for a while. And what we wanted to do is, is, is empower that younger generation with an app in the hand. So th these, are, these are the guys that walk across the road with their with a yeah, ear pods yeah. in, you know, not, not looking at your traffic, but on their phone all the time. 
I'm, I'm typecasting and stereotyping, of course. Familiar with but, this. But people who are familiar <laughs> yeah. with their phones, like, like apps on their phones, that really didn't have an app-only app that, that enabled them to be able to manage their money in a more simple and straightforward manner. And I think, you know, if you look at the banks at the time that sort of came off the back of, you know, what we were doing, Starling, I guess Monzo, and to an extent Revolut, that's not a proper bank yet, of course, although it's trying to be, we, we genuinely tried to change the way that people interacted with their bank and made it a more positive experience. I made it fairer in, in terms of the way that we did things. And fair insofar as not ripping people off. Mm. Uh, one of my pet hates is that is the fact that whilst you know we've got a good relationship with the regulators and I think the regulators are pretty damn good in, in the UK, they're sort of a benchmark of, of European standards in terms of regulation. What they do is just make sure things are transparent to users and consumers. They don't necessarily operate on what's fair and reasonable and moral. Mm. Uh, so what we wanted to do at Starling, what we certainly do at Zigloo, is ensure the services we offer we believe are fair, inclusive, and the reward that we get is reasonable for, for the effort we put in. And I don't think all the banks necessarily mm. operate that way, and I can go more into detail if you'd like, mm. like to on that. I absolutely love everything that you're saying, and you know, when I introduce these podcasts, I always say we're here today to walk the talk, and I mm. love how you're walking the mm. talk on this. It's not just saying, oh, I want to be more inclusive, I want to make mm. this a fairer product. It, it truly is mm. it's a reality. Fairness is also prevalent in the way that you look at diversity of thought and opinion on your exec board. This is something I am very interested in, so I'd mm. love for you to share a bit more on that. Yeah, so, so our exec and our board is made up of a, a range of different people with the right sort of skill sets. One of my passions is ensuring that there's a diversity of opinion in everything that we do, because you can just go down a, a track of thinking you're right if you don't get the right sort of challenge. So we found, certainly from a, from a female perspective in my exec team, we've had a, a few really and had, have had a few great females that really contributed and to, to what we think and how we might serve our customers better. And that challenge has been useful in terms of developing products that have that focus on not just what I consider a customer to be or my other fellows on, on, on the board but and the exec team, but a broader proposition that really aims at something that we think is properly fair and inclusive. A big problem I have is, is the fact that I think there's a kind of a cartel, well, there's not kind of, there is, a, 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 with the major banks where you go overdrawn and even on an authorised overdraft, they'll charge you 35%. But if you've got money with them, they'll give you 0.25 to 1%. So they're making all that money off you. Um, but it's, it's transparent as far as the regulator is concerned, so it's okay to do that. But they're still ripping you off and it's still immoral. They, they put mortgage rates up the moment LIBOR or base rate goes up, but yet they don't put up the interest that they give you on, on credit balances and on, on, on savings accounts. That's not fair, that's immoral as far as I'm concerned. And what we're trying to do through the early days of Starling and, and now with Zigaloo is to redress that balance, to be fair in terms of the way we treat our customers. And you need a different range of views to be able to do that. It can't just be, you know, white, white male, 50, 50 years old that's, that's coming up with that sort of opinion. It has to be a diversity of views to, to work out what's the right product to serve that market and what will it look like in five years' time and how do we evolve that. Mm. And, I, and I love everything you say with that because it's just about learning different individuals' experiences and knowing mm. how to cater to that. And, and I genuinely do find I haven't thought about everything when I, when yeah. I get another opinion. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, okay. I might not agree with it. But if, if that's represented by one or two people in my exec or in my, my heads off function, then maybe I should have thought about it because my customers are thinking that, therefore mm. I need to think that. Mm. So it is quite useful in that regard. Yeah, yeah, really powerful. So tell us a bit about what you're going to be speaking about at Fintech Connect this year. I'm going to be speaking, speaking about how to build a bank. 
Yeah. Because it's it's one of the things that I guess not many people have done from scratch. And and starting with the first bank, I, th I believe in the world, to build a banking platform from scratch, host it in the cloud. We pushed through the barrier with regulators in the UK to offer a cloud-based banking platform in production, app only as well. So I can talk from a perspective of, of, I guess, being part of the founding team and going through the whole process of trying to get funding for that bank, but also, importantly, building it from scratch and designing it. It hadn't been done before in, in, mm. in this regard. So, you know, other companies that, that have come after us, kind of, you can kind of piggyback on some of the things that we've done. Well, how does Starling do its onboarding journey? How does Monzo do its on onboarding journey? Because we were kind of running in parallel. But, but so they've got the advantage of seeing like best in breed. But when we were coming up with it, it's actually quite difficult to start to think about how one might authenticate yourself to a new bank when there's no other means of validating. You can't go into a branch and show your passport. And I remember years and years later, I went back into Barclays to open a business account for one reason or another. I can't remember what it was now. And I had to literally go into my branch. I've been with, I've been with Barclays for ever since I started working with them when I was young. And I had to go back in with my passport into a local branch and then I had to, to identify myself to this guy in the branch where with, with us, you can just do it in the app. Yeah. And, and so leveraging technology to make it easier for people to, so that no, no matter where you are, if you're near a branch, you're not near a branch, if you're sitting on your sofa at home or you, or you say, well, you can't get in. So coming back to you know being being fair on people and making things easy for people, that's what we were trying to do. And I think we saw in COVID when people couldn't go into branches, you know, we were taking on customers like you wouldn't believe because yeah. because there was no other means for those more traditional banks to take customers on because they were used to them going into branches. Mm -hmm. So technology enabled us to be able to leapfrog many of our competitors and, and that sort of inclusive way of thinking about people. How do we make it easier for people, consumers, to be able to go about their day-to-day -day jobs and, and lives was a key aim of what we wanted to try to achieve. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. Super excited to hear more about that on the day. And for you, tell us a bit more about FinTech Connect. It's, I mean, I, I love it. It's a great event to go to, but what, what do you hope to gain when you are there? Well, the supplier aspect, suppliers and partners, I like to see what are they doing now that we didn't do last year. So we have a range of our ecosystem partners that we integrate with to be able to deliver a, a complete solution set. So it might people partners that do KYC or AML, that's know your customer, and anti-money laundering type software. We might have some crypto partners there. We might have partners that do cards and payments and processing. So what are they doing now that they didn't do a year ago? How are they involved? How do they see the market? What are they seeing the problems in the market? Are quite useful for me to see whether I'm aligned with that. But then some of the speakers, you know, some of them will be the big banks and they'll have these, you know, they'll have their crypto functions. They've never done anything, of course, but they have the crypto heads of the crypto. But what are they thinking about? What are they thinking and what are they saying? Uh, have, have they got a view that makes me think, are they serious about getting into crypto at any time from, a, from a, uh, a B2C perspective or are they just talking with talk still? But understanding the temperature of, of what the big banks are thinking and doing, but also importantly other fintech people and players as well. So where's the thinking at in terms of AI, for example, which is obviously you know, quite big at the moment and will, will continue to be a sort of a challenging area to, to think through how it might help us and how it might hinder us in the future. But what are people thinking about the implementation of in their respective businesses and just a general feel of, of where, where we are. It's sort of quite a broad mix of people that go there and talk there and it's just a generally interesting place to sort of you know, get some opinions. Mm, yeah, it really is. And Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. I feel like I've learned so much from you, but also I will leave this podcast feeling so much more positive about what we're doing as an industry. Like mm. this focus on fairness just gives me yeah, even more drive to push things forward. So thank you for joining us on FinTech's DEI discussions. Let's listen, let's learn, let's walk the talk. Mm -hmm.